I'm Cindy Temi. I'm Gracie May. I'm Olawaya. And we are Brobeats. Your favorite Afropop podcast. Oh, crrr, crrr. And that's on Season TV. four, episode 12. And now we know the number. Yeah, man. Yeah. Indeed. Um, I think just actually just quick catch up with you ladies. How's everyone doing? Grace, yeah, I'm good. Um, I've got this new role. I've signed up a whole bunch of clients this week. I'm tired as heck, but money I feel make. So yeah, yeah new contracts. I'm happy. I'm happy. Um, I can tell it? you guys actually. Um, so I'm working with Bella Schnader, as in Cash App. I'm working with D Black, as in the legendary Ghanaian artist. I'm working with King Perry. Mm. I'm working with Mizzle, who's the TikTok star. He does all the videos about how to make a David O track, how to make a Brandon yeah. O track. He's good, yeah. He's um, there's a fourth person that if I, fifth person, sorry, that if I forget, I might be in trouble. Okay, yeah, but there's more people and I'm ha- I had another conversation today. The person's ready to pay. So look, all those Nigerian coffees, late night negotiations, they made they're paid off. People are signing contracts, so... Ooh. Yeah, man. And I might be in Nigeria you. sooner than December, so that's also nice. Ooh. Ooh. What about you? Conversation? <laughs> Sorry. Oh. I was going to say, I'm not, even mad. I'm not even mad about you going back to Nigeria because we'd love to see you winning in that situation. Well done, man. There you go. Talking about winning, though, who wants to go next? Because I feel like both of your newses are so much bigger than mine. No, we're not, we're not doing that. No, 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 it's not a comparison. I'm, <laughs> you're winning, I'm winning. We're all winning together, but you guys, this is your week, both of your weeks, so you go. I'll go, I'll go. I'll go first. Okay, no, you go, you go. (laughs) You had the go. I've moved in. I got my keys. They're over there. I should have brought them in. You should have. Um, But yeah, I got my keys. Maybe they can insert that into the video, the edit. I got my keys. Thanks, Mo. Over to you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got my keys and I'm loving it. Um, we're going to do a Frobeats episode here um, so that we can definitely, um, yeah, we can all film together and be in the space now that we're allowed in the house um, all together. But yeah, I'm super happy. Super, super happy. Um, it took like three days to get internet, so I've got no data. Um, oh, wow. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I shall top up because it's bank holiday and I plan, plan to patty after patty. Um, so I'm going to need some data. But yeah. That's me, man. I'm Congrats just, on the yeah. new place. Another episode, you might have to talk us through the whole process of purchasing and yeah. working with new builders and all of that stuff because we know that mm-hmm. it's been a little bit tricky, a bit of a yeah. sticky one. Yeah, a bit of a sticky one. But no, I mean, the, the finish, like they've done really well and they're so happy to like come in and fix things and so on that you notice, like the littlest thing, like, oh, there's a bit of extra paint there. Um, you're going to have to level that out. Um, I know you've noticed it. <laughs> I went round with a torch on every, on all the walls and then stuck something on. The, I stuck post-its on all of the parts they needed to redo. I can imagine so, that is really efficient, annoying. <laughs> but this is your house, your home. So look, if they don't fix it now, they ain't coming back. Yeah, it's fact, true. Be adding post-its where there's not. Uh, you know what? Well, don't worry. Don't record me saying that. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I'm happy. Cindy, your news. Also moved into a new space, more in the line of a how, uh, sorry, a, a hub, a hair pop-up shop, actually. So yeah, hopefully get some, gonna have a launch. By the time this episode drops, 
the launch will be the day after. So if you guys happen to see this, the launch is happening on Monday, the 31st of May. Hey, bank holiday. So you can come in. Bank holiday, exactly. It's only for a few hours, 11 till 3. But it'll be an opportunity to come in, see some virgin hair, see some HD lace in real, in 4K, and then make some purchases. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to make some money. I've been in the game for over 12 years. It's now time for people to come in patronize and enjoy and just have really underplay this though because the space mm -hmm. has like greenery you've got wig stands you're giving us um, an experience you've got some vinyl on the wall that says miss hair or mz yeah. hair my pants yeah, like, no, both, both work both and then insert clip now <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um yeah it was all done by my, me and a couple of friends a few friends a, a lot of um doubt as well self-doubt came into play just over the time that's why it's taken so long because i was actually meant to move out of it today um but the hill hub in dartford i've negotiated a contract so we'll be there for at least one more month congratulations yeah. my friends are buying houses they're doing pop-ups it's a great time to be alive yeah yeah signing contracts gracie give yourself the accolades oh signing which in yeah, turn yeah. exactly and it, it also like obviously you've passed on a couple of artists to me as well which um it really helps too so especially when you've got a direct contact it's amazing all of us are winning 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 hashtag afro b should we talk about burner boy to kick off yeah let's keep it light and let's keep our light and bright and breezy yeah just like our summer holiday our bank holidays and my new film wait soon um so burner boy tickets have you guys managed to purchase your tickets I will not be purchasing the ticket. Oh, I am also okay. hoping that Coco Bar will appreciate the fact that we push the culture and want to sort us out. So I have little faith in promoters in the UK and I have purchased <laughs> my tickets. <laughs> Tell them. I mean, they don't show the magazine, show their love, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> and it's probably not going to be any more love now. I see that I've said that. But yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> defending for myself. And we've seen after last episode. I don't want any man thinking I need them to buy me anything, so I'll just go and see them. And what was your ticket? Buying price. I've moved on. What was your ticket? Um, your ticket buying process like? Were you happy with the prices? Were they making sense? Was the math mapping? So in general, I, I'm the only reason why I'm not happy with the ticket prices is because even I remember going to the Beyonce concert years ago. Um, circle my Instagram video with me and her touching hands. Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> like then I paid like I used to pay like 50 pounds for tickets I think I think ticket prices in general no one needs to come for oh it's not because it's, it's actually beats no ticket prices in general are extortionate there's no reason to be paying 110 pounds 150 pounds plus for a ticket I'm no it just doesn't for me it's just not a thing I don't think it needs to be that much especially at a venue which seats so many people if it was a smaller venue and you're trying to recoup costs then fine here for it you get more of an intimate experience I'm literally sat miles away from him and however the only reason why I did it is because I feel like maybe I can sell the ticket close to the time I just didn't want to miss out to be honest I'm not really fussed I don't really do big venues either but I think they are very very expensive like even with booking fees some tickets were like 147 pounds if I add small, small money, I can find myself in Lagos. Hi, Bernard. I can say Bernard. He can say, yeah, and that's it. I've got part of the song, so it's so good. So for context, because I don't feel like we set the scene, he is going to be at the O2, 27th of August. Um, and mm -hmm. let me just give you weekend. some of the... Yeah, bruh. It's going to be without Carnival. We need a motive. 
Let me give you some of the prices and then, Olo, I feel like you definitely need to give us your opinion, especially given what you've said about twice as tall the album in previous episodes. But okay, we're getting there. So if you're standing, you have three options for £110, £121 or £132. Um, if you're on level one, it's £132, £121 or £110. Um, and then there are some level four A, B and C, which starts at £76 and go up to £99. But by the time you add your booking fee, you're looking at an additional like £10. So the cheapest tickets are roughly £90 for the Grammy Award winning Burner Boy. For this album, is it worth it? I mean, even... So it's interesting because you threw you threw in Grammy Award winning as though that that makes it like she did that. something that I we could uh, we which is then justified because if your question is for this album is it worth it absolutely not and then um, that yeah there, there is no and then it's not worth it for this album at all like that's way too much money to be coming to see this album now if you were a, what is it worth it for African Giant. Like, I think we can be having a different conversation. Like maybe I might be more swayed towards paying that money, but maybe I might not feel like you're due it because you don't have a Grammy. Do you get what I mean? So it's, it's odd, like there's different dynamics here, but for you to throw prices like that out because you've got a Grammy for an album that people didn't really feel, but it got you the Grammy, yes, but like it got you the Grammy because it was the white man that was giving you the awards. It's a bit like, nah, that's mad. That, those prices are crazy. And just like Cindy said, look at the size of the venue. Who, how can you, how bloody dare you ask that many people to pay that much money? <laughs> that's crazy. 20,000 people. That's such, no, nah, it's too much. And it makes me think, because obviously when, when Corona was happening, Burner Boy was the only artist that was doing sponsored ads on Instagram. That it was like, he was like, I'm coming soon. You'll be seeing all of the ones of him stomping around and so on and so forth. And it's like, you're not coming soon anywhere. We are in a, we're in a global pandemic. Do you get what I mean? Like, are you trying to recoup the ads of all this, like recoup the cost of all the ads that you should have stopped? Because I, I just don't understand how you- And I, I feel like another thing is that like, obviously I, I don't know, but you, have you interviewed Bernard before? No, he doesn't really do my kind of press at the moment. <laughs> So even well, oh, to be fair, when I met Burner, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> this girl, she's a silly, silly, silly oh, bugger. Tell us, tell us the experience, huh? Oh, it's uh, it's another time. Go oh, it's on, another sorry. episode. Okay, mm, okay, mm. fine. But well, like in general, time. I feel like artists, I would be more inclined to spend. I mean, I say that I definitely bought the tickets. I bought them, <laughs> so I don't really have a leg to stand on. But I think I'd be more inclined to spend on an artist that interacts more with their fans um, and has a bit more of a rapport with the fans. I feel like essentially I'm kind of like, I mean, I personally bought the ticket because somebody said that they were going. So I just said, okay, I'll go with them. It wasn't necessarily, I'd rather like get the ticket off the back of like some sort of press or, you know, um, but I find it harder to spend money on somebody that doesn't necessarily interact with their fans in the way other artists do. I feel like, Okay, so if we're going to try and balance it, out of the three kings, he's the best performer, right? He will give us, like, stamina from the beginning to the end. He gives us actual vocals. The BBs are sick. The band is sick. Like, out of Wizkid, David, and Burner, Burner's probably the one I would most want to watch live. Really? Don't you think Davido... Because Davido performs very well. Oh, that, that was... <laughs> 
best she's way being to being shady. Is no, 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 I'm actually not being obviously he shouts, but I think he gives a performance. Oh, yeah, he yeah. gives energy, but like Burner yeah. will be um, I guess prior to maybe the oh, Wembley he's... show, he wouldn't really have um like startups. He okay. pretty much does the whole show by himself. So he's like on stage for like two to three hours, does songs obviously mainly from the current album, but then we'll go all the way back. Um, I mean, all of them do, but I just feel like because he doesn't really have in-ears, like, you know, he does his little dance moves. Like, I feel like in terms of whole package and like vocal quality, he's probably the best life for me. So, well, cause we're not, cause we're not adding techno into the mix, but for me, techno is probably the best. I haven't seen techno live at like headline his own concert. Yeah, no, it's been, it's a shame. He and probably one day Cole, but yeah. Wan- okay, Wanday's good. I saw yeah. Wanday in Brixton. Wanday's mm. good. Yeah. Mr. Easy is good. Mm. Yeah. I get mellow vibes with Easy. Mr. Easy pre um, the most recent album. Like, I feel Lagos like... to London. No, no, no. The, uh, he did another one, didn't he? Maybe. Like, speaking about days of like anointing, those sorts of songs, like when he really was working with um... Jules. Sorry, not, not Jules. Like when he was working with Jules and someone else, he was the guy. Uh, I can't remember. Um, I'll remember at some point. But um, like back in the day, when where he was wearing the hats, Mr. Easy with a hat. Remember the hats he always used to wear, and then he'll tie it around his neck, and it would be on his lap. That Mr. Mm-hmm. Easy was a great performer. With all of that said, though, um, <laughs> and and again, maybe it's 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 the the perks of the business because I haven't paid for a show in so long. I didn't even know that this is what ticket prices were like. Like when I saw Beyonce at, I think it was Wembley or like Usher of the same year, tickets weren't more than like you said, 40, 50 pounds. <laughs> exactly. Like so to be seeing double for standing, mm. <laughs> I, and people will say, oh, but you guys are in a higher tax bracket now. Yes, but rich people stay rich by not spending money. Mm-mm. And we don't <laughs> spend money on wayward things. Yeah, like. and it's, also, it's, it's just, I just don't understand. What are you giving us? Because Beyonce has given us, she's given us a full live band. She's given us oh, choreography. Yeah. She's given us like everything. Do you know what I mean? Like she's, she's also given us, she's not just given us cinematography. Like it's not just a screen with like moving parts. Like the, the, the set changes, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, as in, it literally changes while you're there. Burner Boy had a, he had a car at his last Oh, concert. no, for, for the last one, he had the big gorilla. Remember, and he came out of the gorilla's mouth, the African giant gorilla's that mouth. That was one, and that was the set for the whole thing. It was one set. Beyonce's <laughs> set changes. Cindy, yeah, you she has moving stages. She has literally the stage moves, the cages move around the stage. Cole, Who knows? This money could be a, you know, like when you pre-order stuff. Mm. Well, no, 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 no. When have you ever seen that happen? Like, this is the reason why that makes sense. It has to be. Times have changed. <laughs> I don't know what he's going to give us. He is probably going to give us all those people that were featured on the album. They are going to be there. Naughty by Nature, Chris Martin. Did he yeah mm. Mm. it's unsettling man it's too much money i just feel like like and again like i think the other thing that has maybe changed my mind because i was talking to a friend about this and saying that when you can pay 200 pounds for an afro nation experience and still get two hours of burner and a whole and that whole situation don't there, say that because i'll actually refund my ticket <laughs> like how can you how can you how can you pay 100 pounds for just burner boy 
Let's not talk about Afronation though. Nice segue. Have you guys seen? So today was supposed to be the day and the 28th that they were supposed to be announcing whether Portugal has accepted their pitch or their request to still hold Afronation between the 1st and the 3rd of July. Now they have still been promoting, they have still been pushing and they have said that because Portugal is on the UK's green list, Mm. They just need Portugal to accept, as in the Portuguese government, and they're working hand in hand. Blah, 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 blah. That's a whole statement that they put. And this was the day that they were supposed to be confirming whether the show was going ahead or not going ahead. Yesterday, and obviously when you guys see this, it will be a couple of days now. But as of today, yesterday, there was a tweet that started going viral, which said Afro Nation has been postponed to September. Now, in the thread, people were saying, how do you know this? And she said, well, I've worked with a few artists and apparently they've been contacted um, about new dates in September, which have given us the inkling that perhaps it's not taking place in July, perhaps Portugal haven't accepted. And it begs the question, why wasn't this rearranged beforehand? Especially when we look at festivals like Strawberries and Cream, which has already moved to September. When we look at um, a lot of the other festivals, they've been scheduled for the later half of the year when most of us may or may not be vaccinated, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What are your thoughts, Afro Nation, and again, by the time this airs, we may or may not know whether the rumours are true, but based on <laughs> the timeline, what y'all thinking? It was never going to happen. <laughs> it was literally never going to happen. They, they told us, the government told us their vaccination plan and they told us all of the dates in which we should expect things to sort of happen. Do you get what I mean? Like they had, they had already given us all of that detail. There was no way this date was reasonable. And also it completely depended on whether or not we were going to be able to roll out, um, like it depended on supply. Like we've been quite fortunate that supply has been consistent. Obviously there's been lots of back and forth about whether or not that's fair for the rest of the world, but we've been quite fortunate that supply was consistent. It only needed one hiccup for this to not happen. So. And I feel like, um, again, based on um, experience, so anyone that was part of the Afro Nation Ghana experience will know that up until like a couple of days before the festival was also in the balance because apparently the land or the beach that was rented didn't mm. belong to the government. Mm. It belonged to the family. And the family were saying, oh, how the hell are you gonna start promo six months ago before doing the proper checks and balances? So there seems to be a bit of a theme going on, but I will say that because everyone is just ready to be outside and the lineup is so crazy with the additions of like Meg The Stallion and Chris Brown, I think people were hoping that it would happen. In saying that though, Cindy, I feel like the organizers of Afro Nation are also the organizers of YAM. Mm-hmm. Do you have a bit of tea on the YAM Festival? Yeah, so I don't know if you guys have actually seen it. So recently the YAM Festival called out on Instagram by a young lady called Zoe Z. Um, I'll get the full pronunciation of her name shortly. So basically um, she had organized, so YAM Festival I've not actually been myself, but she had basically organized um, a lineup for their 2020 which should have been their 2020 gig where she basically contacted like food traders and traders that were going to be part of the festival so she did that and apparently um she'd invoiced them now i don't know whether this is as a result of obviously the festival not going ahead or whatnot but however she's invoiced them and they have been ignoring her request they've been ignoring her um her emails she's been ignoring everything basically of her trying to reach out to get it um, she's basically put in a lot of work in order to do this to, put, to create the lineup. You guys know, trying to get people together, especially for such a big festival as that. I don't know who's behind Yam completely. I know they are. There's a common um, 
uh, organizer behind Smith. it. Smith. <laughs> 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 I was like, what was Smith? Is he, is he, do he doesn't do it on his own, does he? No, no, no. So Smith, uh, Afro Nation is um, Obi, Asika, and Smith, and a few other people. Okay. Yam is um, Live Nation, and Smith. Oh, Live Nation is also part of Afro Nation. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people. Back to Smith, though. I think let's make that clear. <laughs> <laughs> and basically, obviously, food is a, it holds a special place in my heart. Um, so it's about street food, but she's basically saying that. Her words were, it reminds me of the type of events, festivals, businesses that continue getting away with screwing over traders. And then they go go bankrupt and essentially rebrand and rechange their name. Now, one thing that I've noticed with some of the promoters, there is a lot of resilience um, in terms of like, obviously you have to have quite a lot of resilience when it comes to like the feedback received for some of your, for your events and stuff like that. Because obviously we just, as we've mentioned, there are a number of other people affiliated with these brands, but there's always one individual that seems to be being called out and called out so I guess it's probably gotten to the stage where if you know you're not the only one behind it you're just kind of going to ignore all the criticism and whatnot but it is very interesting to see how in the light of things there is another little bit of controversy when it comes to these festivals and actually when you mentioned with um Afro Nation so one thing that I actually feel scarred by it's a number of years ago is that back in the day with all these concerts where they used to have like number of amazing big artists you'd actually go to the concert or the event and no, only have like one or two people turn up and for me it was that has actually is always at the back of my mind when it comes to things like Afronation and whatnot because I, I just think oh, all of these people on the lineup I generally still feel scarred from those experiences that I had back in the younger days mm-hmm. I just do not believe all these people will turn up like and they'll never tell you to the day and it's always a bit like you can't even get your money back they don't really care about I think the customer service experience when it comes to some organizations is absolutely terrible and why people continue to still support is beyond me but I guess if you you're lucky enough to have a really good experience I think there was a tweet that went around saying the 2019 Nation alumni were the the blessed ones the chosen ones (laughs) I I definitely agree (laughs) yeah I was gonna say Portugal didn't have anyone for um not Sorry, Portugal didn't have anyone on the lineup that didn't attend. Ghana did, though. I did, believe yep. Debange. I think Debange and Zlatan do. Definitely Debange. And I think my thing with the Debange one was that obviously people were waiting. Especially um, And him, they just yeah. didn't announce. And he was he was the second, um, not the supporting act, but he was the second headliner. So people were literally oh stood waiting for like two hours crammed on a beach, not knowing what was happening. Um, and then the headliner came and it was just like, you know, we could have gone to the back to get a drink and we would have yeah. still pushed our way forward. Um, but it's just, it was the communication for me. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Ola, I have a specific question for you though. Yeah. Did you guys want to know that Palm Wine Fest UK has also been announced with people like Bad Boy Tims, One Day Cole, et cetera, on the uh, lineup? Now show them camp who curated the Palm Wine Fest and the Beat FM. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you're from the Beats Indy, so maybe exactly, you can add a bit so, more yeah. detail. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is specifically the BFM Lagos, so maybe I don't know how much you know from the London perspective, but I'll let you jump in. Anyway, Showdown Camp posted a um, uh, a cease and desist basically letter um, on their social saying, "Hey, we're aware that people in the UK are basically using our name for this festival. We're not affiliated in any way. Um, they did not get any permission. Um, we don't want you guys to feel defrauded. Um, anyone that knows our brand will know that." this is not something we would do. Apparently like the branding and stuff was off. They took us through the history of how they did the first show in Lagos back in, I think 2016 or 2017. And they were saying, you know, they're sorry to the lineup that maybe might've been misled that Showdown Camp was involved, um, but they're not. 
and they're currently working with their legal team to basically get either the name of the festival changed, um, but it's out there now, or to get a cut of the profits. That's usually what happens with cease and desist. You guys are my legal friends. You guys know the repercussions. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, Cindy, say- do you want to jump in? Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know from a London perspective, to be fair, but what I want, one thing I would say is that Palm Wine Festival has got such a unique name. Now, I don't know what the background is between the organisers and the individual in the UK or the individuals in the UK that have put together this festival. At the end of the day, unfortunately for the original creators, it still looks like a really good lineup and a really good festival that loads of people want to, um, to be a part of. One of my initial reservations for it is when I did see the poster, there were about for females on there in whatever respect that they were on there whether it be hosts artists or whatever and everyone was just it was just male dominated so that was my first thing I hadn't even clocked that it was a beat a beat thing and show them camp and it wasn't till I saw the beats page announcing that they had no affiliation with this event and I feel like this whole thing just becomes very slippery and shade I don't know why you would do a whole event based on the fact that one exists because you could probably pull an event together with those people and those artists without being shady and snaky and you see that in the industry and I've actually been thinking about it a lot recently in terms of like promoters people in the industry it's like I think there needs to be a, 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 a rehaul of women or some ladies just coming together and doing it but then I've been told that actually if that was the case these certain individuals are also going to block the blessings of the women that put these together as well that's been my like what people basically said and um, but I feel like within the industry I feel like these men are just going at each other and it just doesn't look really healthy for Afrobeats in general and we shouldn't really be having situations whereby because like while Pine Wine Festival the original guys can complain and say look this is not it's not us it's it looks like a really good lineup and it looks like a really good event to be fair and it would be something that I would be part of because there's such a range of artists as well going I'd love to be part of to attend I think the question is though did they were they able to get such a good lineup because they thought that Chodham Camp was part of this and that's that's the problem for me like we talked about this like when we talked about like us calling ourselves Frobeats versus the Afrobeat podcast mm-hmm. um, and the repercussions of that in terms of it. And like, obviously people will say things like integrity doesn't pay, um, which I think um, Cindy said, but actually it, it shows, like even if it doesn't necessarily put a bank in your account right now, like where we're seeing this, we, we've seen so many people do things that are just shady, you trademark Afrobeats, you trademark Yoruba, you trade, uh, we've seen, we're seeing so many areas in which people are showing themselves that actually at some point in time, Council culture will catch up with those people. Um, and the idea that you can use it is similar to, um, the idea that you can use someone else to get your, like, to just, basically you're just standing on the back of someone else shamelessly. Yeah, I just I just don't agree with it at all because like there is enough room for everyone to eat. But then I guess the question is, is that if those people are blocking your blessings and the easiest way to get that is to stand on the backs of those people that are blocking your blessings, like, Maybe it really is dog eat dog, but we don't have enough context of the fact that that's happening. But it 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 just I just don't feel like it's the right way to move personally. Mm. If it's for you, it won't pass you. You don't have to cheat other people. True, it's true. But we've not seen that. Yeah, I was gonna say is that a, a male trait? But let me just avoid bashing. <laughs> but I do I do feel like there's some women that need to come into the industry and really shake things up. To be honest. Mm. But then I think you're right. I do feel like the black, the um, you'll get blocked either you'll get blocked from it either way. But I do actually think I think sometimes we forget about the power of st- storytelling. Like I thought often, like you have to get your messaging completely correct, right? You don't want to be the person that's 
outing people and making it seem like you're the victim and so on because people are painting a certain type of picture of you. But actually, if you can just tell people that these, this is how these people play, play the game and these are all the things I did to, to partake and this is where I, I stopped. Cancel culture will catch up with those people. Eventually. You touched on trademarking Yoruba, take it away. Yeah, um, I mean, in terms of this, I was absolutely outraged, but I feel like I've been, I've been following it without the context. I just sort of, I sort of know that it's happening and I know what's going on about it. So I can touch on it, but if someone else could give the context, that would be great. Maybe, uh, well, I think likewise, the only reason why I came across it is because I actually follow, I used to attend or wanted to attend. I can't remember if they were the ones that actually put together the classes, but Culture Tree do uh, Yoruba lessons for those that aren't well-versed in the language. And I am one of those. Um, so yeah, when I saw one of their tweets, I was like, oh, what's happening here? And I was like, surely they're not, surely no. Surely someone did a government trademark Yoruba. And then they did. So then obviously seeing the background. So it's like two uh, white men that have a sportswear company or is it an outdoor wear clothing line um yeah. named Timbuktu which is also a fictional um place specific to Africa I don't no, know No, so sorry I, let me jump in so they said that it's a fictional place but Timbuktu exists and it's in Mali yeah yeah <laughs> so that's them saying that Timbuktu isn't real which is incorrect yeah and them trademarking Yoruba I guess with the view that maybe it's not a real place or a real region or real people and that's mm. also not true so take it away babes yeah, no, no, that's good. Yeah, so that's basically all I was going to say. So, yeah, they trademarked it. And then, correct me if I'm wrong, during the, before the process of them actually applying to have it taken down or whatever, not trademarking in their name anymore, they apparently tried to sell it back to um, Culture Tree, um, if I'm correct. And that was just when things were just like, Yoruba is not for sale. And then, yeah, so that was my understanding. Yeah, so literally everything you said, Culture Tree, is um, they, they look to teach children Yoruba. And so basically, I'm a child um, of God, I yep. <laughs> God, I'm a CEO G. Um, <laughs> so I think they then tried to trademark Yoruba stars or something to that effect because um, the kids that then could speak or read or write in Yoruba then got the, t the title Yoruba stars. And then I think it started trending. Oh, I'm a Yoruba star, I'm a Yoruba star. So to protect her IP, she went to trademark Yoruba stars. And this is where the issue came. When she submitted her application, Timbuktu Global actually rejected it because if you own a trademark, when other people try to trademark, you get a notification and you can accept or reject based on the proximity, whether you think it's going to be a clash with your brand, whether it's, you think it's going to be misleading, et cetera, et cetera. And so her, her first umbrage, if you can call it that, was for the last couple of months, she's been trying to trademark it and they keep blocking it for whatever reason. So then she said she messaged them directly and they said, you know, that they have been contact contacted several times about the trademark and they've never profited from it, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, so if you've never profited from it, why don't you just accept my application? And then the story evolves, as you said, Cindy, where in the end they were like, you know what, we don't want no smoke because she went on socials. Obviously it went viral. Mm, viral. The hashtag was trending to the point where on their Instagram, they blocked comments Comment, and they yeah. blocked you from being able to tag them. Cause you know how Nigerians are, we go ham. Um, and now they've, um, uh, they basically said that, you know, they're gonna relinquish the rights to the trademark. Mm -hmm. Now a lot of people have said, one, Yoruba being a tribe of people, a language, a region, however, a culture, um, should the UK have allowed the trademarking of it in the first place, one. So if they relinquish it, what stops somebody else from trademarking it? But two, most importantly, what kind of checks are made when people are trying to trademark that two white men in Middle England 
with a sporting brand that have no connection to the culture, to the region, how were they even eligible to own a trademark like that? So um, those are the questions trending. I'm asking the same questions to you guys. I feel like, and this is gonna sound like, this is gonna sound like I agree, but I don't. I feel like it's naive to think that a country that has pillaged from the rest of the world will ever have trade checks and balances to preserve the, the culture of the rest of the world. And I feel like I need to say that again, because that could be good enough to be the snippet, right? But Britain, a country that has pillaged from the rest of the world consistently, their culture is to steal, kill, destroy, take, appropriate, define, integrate. That is how Britain operates. So for us to now think that they are not capable or they are capable of creating checks and balances and trademarks to keep nation's identity mm -hmm. is foolish. They'll never do it. And it's unfortunate, but it is the reality. That is how this country rolls, is how it's always rolled. And so actually, I, I can't imagine that this is going to be the next thing on the priority list for Dominic Rabb, um, who doesn't care about people from other countries. Is it Dominic Rabb? Well, he's the, he's the foreign secretary. Oh, and then there's Dominic Cummings. Oh yeah, but he... just shut up they're all a mess um, no, yeah, a but he's very, savage very... though he's really doing tell all so wait for your book it's okay <laughs> there's, there's no it's... deal no publishing company it was, it was the point when he said that none of us knew what we were doing he was just there like <laughs> we said it somebody said it. sorry this is so random but somebody said that him and bojo were clearly in like a lover's thing and they've had a lover's tiff because there's no reason why you'd be out here spreading so much dirty laundry yeah that you only do this when you've been scorned in your yeah. fat he yeah. opened and I believe Nyash. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> world. World. Um, but yeah, Britain, Britain will never, they'll, they'll never, they'll never, they'll never prioritize other people. And well, I think go on. I think it takes away from just prioritizing. I think it should just be a general hard and fast rule that when it comes to individuals, cultures, languages, tribes they shouldn't be able to be tra trademarked. It just doesn't, I don't know why. But the issue is here, it's, do they even know that Yoruba was a tribe in the first place? Because you're also looking back at who are the people that are making these decisions or approving these applications? And that One quick search of the term Yoruba and it is there. Why you would, I don't even know how Yoruba fits in with their brand either, because obviously Timbuktu is the name of their clothing line, but Yoruba, what? That, and that's that's why that's why I said Dominic Rab's name because all things foreign should fall under him. But he doesn't care. So who is the person that is going to sign this off? Who are the people that are going to be searching? Because the government are the same people, and the media are working alongside them that are putting Kano's picture up instead of someone else. They don't do these quick Google searches that you're asking about. I feel like on top of that, though. So I've done the trademarking process a couple of times, and actually one of the recent ones that I'm still in the middle of, and you guys have just reminded me, I need to go and reply, um, got rejected because there was a company in China that has a similar name. So it's not just a UK search, because some people are arguing, oh, well, Yoruba is not significant enough in the UK. And if it's a trademark for the UK, then it shouldn't matter. Mm. But actually, no, they do global searches. So the fact that it didn't come up, I guess it was more a thing of nobody else had ever tried to do it before them. And I guess the connection would be if Timbuktu was a place in Mali and that's the name of their global brand, perhaps they had a range coming out that was going to be called Yoruba. Maybe they just Googled 
African tribes or what have you, but if they could Google and find Yoruba, because they clearly don't have any context unless they're married to a black lady, you know, that's always the example, then um, then the, the IPO, the Intellectual Property Office, should have done the exact same, same thing. thing. And it should just be a thing. Culture, like we said, it countries, cultures, yeah. tribes should not be able to be trademarked. Yeah. Remember when um, Kim Kardashian, before she renamed her line to Skims, she was going to call her um, shapewear um, kimono. And she had actually got the trademark successfully approved. And, you know, um, the East Asian said that's cultural appropriation. Like the kimono is not just the outfit, it has mm. cultural significance. And there was so much uproar that even though the trademark was approved, she decided to go with skims. My issue is if there is a history of people that <laughs> do this type of behavior, you're right, it's checks and balances. People should just know better. First of all, people should know better, but two, those that are approving it should also know better. Mm -hmm. but, but the people that you're asking to know better are people that, are, that benefit from, from appropriating people's culture. So it, it always will fall on us to call them out, unless like you said, there are checks and balances. And I, I agree, it would be simple enough for you to say cultures, essentially anything that cannot be you cannot own a culture like intellectual property as it, it's not your own intellectual property it existed before you thought of it therefore you can't claim it it should be that simple but it isn't and the idea that three of us here with legal minds know that and are sitting here thinking how how can we not be here is because they'll create all manner of red tape to make it difficult oh how how far do you go do you go into the fact that there's different tribes within actual areas? Because technically, Yoruba is not a tribe, it's a people. It was big enough to be a country. But when Britain decided to draw lines around it, they didn't do it evenly because they wanted more land. So then do we go into Ondo dialects? Do we go into... It's infinite. So the questions I asked in my story were, one, do we as Africans need to start trademarking everything that is related to our culture so that others can't exploit it? Two, if we do, how do we justify one person owning a trademark when that piece of the culture belongs to the whole culture? How do you legitimately know that even that person won't scam us too? And three, if one of us does own the trademark, do we have a responsibility to stop others from exploiting? And should we morally gain a financial profit? If we do receive money, how do we give it back to the culture if it's owned by the culture? All of those questions are so impossible to answer that the simple answer is just don't allow people to trademark things that are culturally important mm. full stop yeah yeah so then yeah because i'm just thinking back on the afrobeats as a trademark because before, remember it's afrobeats uk so the word afrobeats hasn't officially been trademarked afrobeats uk uk okay fine yeah mm. okay no because i was going to say before a certain time afrobeats Actually, you could say it was always a thing because the, the term wasn't necessarily a thing but you're saying the beats of Africa if you really extend the meaning the beats of Africa so yeah I think before fellow was even associated with the term Afrobeat in the 80s I think people were still using the phrase yeah exactly um, I just think that the vulturism of before is different from the vulturism now so I think um <laughs> even saying that is crazy but I think people were trying to um get ownership in different ways back mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. now we know that intellectual property is a thing okay so example sorry this is a tangent but hopefully it'll come back to the story part of the reason why the press knew what beyonce's twins names were before 
the twins were born is because Beyonce's team went out to buy the domains of Sir Carter and Rumi Carter, knowing that there are people that are online that purposefully go and buy domains and then try and sell it back to people at extortionate prices. Mm. And that ties into the conversation because there are there are people that are just callous, evil and mad that they will spend their day acquiring domains, acquiring Insta handles, Twitter handles and all those kind of online intellectual property assets mm-hmm. so that you can't know that it's under it your my name. Oh, I've reached out to Gracie May without the underscore so many times over the years because it's impossible to find me unless you know there's an underscore. Mm. Um, and homie ain't using her profile and ain't replying like seriously what are you doing <laughs> report it man let's get enough people get your 15k followers to report the account as um, <laughs> sexual content why are you not verified now you know how um, you're famous and you're famous I'm just trying to be like you guys to be the beat uh, I mean, they definitely rejected my verification application. They be doing that though. I feel I like I applied that like, on a whim one time. I thought that you could get like I thought that there was like a a subscription list. Like you know how like Clubhouse used to, and maybe this is me building this in my head, but you know how Club, Clubhouse you could have like um someone that you could bring on. I actually thought that that was what they did with verifications at some point, that you could push people to the front of the list. But no. Well, there's some people no, there's that message you in your inbox. Yeah. People that are like, you can pay for it, and it's like $1,200 for a blue tick. You're mad. No, they're mad. No, I mean, but you can literally just press ver- request for verification under settings, mm. and I think it takes like 30 days. I did it once, and then I got rejected. Oh, there's an ice cream. So I haven't done it again. <laughs> it's coming soon. Mm-hmm. The definition of intellectual property right? So intellectual property is a category of property that includes intangible creations of human intellect. How can you create a culture? Repeat the question again. How can you create create a culture culture that existed before before you? you? Before the definition of intellectual property, in fact, he existed. And before your lipless lips existed. <laughs> you know what's so mad though? Even when I think about Yoruba people, like the fact that you look at Togo, you look at um, Benin, Yoruba people aren't just in Nigeria. We spread across West Africa. Are we everywhere? <laughs> you go to Sierra Leone, we're there. You go to Brazil. Obviously, that that's obviously more around the slave trade and stuff. But... Like, there's no way you didn't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. China, China, we, we did it, we did we're everybody. To be honest, they're Nigerians in every country in this world. Yeah. And if they're not Igbo, then they're definitely Yoruba. So I just, yeah. anyway, ladies, we've spoken a lot about <laughs> scammers. Scammers. <laughs> scammers, everywhere you go. Start yeah, with the arena. Burn a boy. <laughs> <laughs> I said the arena, All not the sp- artist. The arena. Oh, sorry. Okay. Whether it's the arena, <laughs> nah, man. the festival. Pay off for those sponsored ads. It's him. It's him. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so either it's the artist, the festival, or these two middle-aged men in Middle England, like or Smith, just... call him out. <laughs> anyway, I buy all my entries. What, what so I've got nothing to lose. <laughs> said in her post, the woman, the girl that you just shared with us, um, Cindy, she said. Do not work with these people. That's what she said. 
it's, it's the last line of the caption. But she didn't specify which people these were. The people are the people that are in charge of the um, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking there's an imposter coming through. My <laughs> 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 Sorry, um, small have, story have... time. I was on um, Yanga TV with her like two years ago. And she she cooks oh. really good food. Yeah. Is it? I know I it's on... not Zoe's Kitchen. Oh, is it I think Zoe? it is. The, the Ghanaian Zoe's Kitchen. Yeah, because when I went on the page, the person that I saw seemed to be the same Zoe, mixed race. So she has like this mini afro and... um. Yeah, I think it's the same lady. And so I was on a feature called Nonny's Bites and she gave us like some beans and some yam and some, yeah, I want to say meat. Ghana kitchen. And yeah, the food was really good. So the fact that she was brought on to recruit other vendors for the festival, interesting. Well, we have come to the end of this week's episode of Throw Beats and we always want to know your opinion on the subjects that we have covered today. So we talked about ticket prices, obviously a range from about £110 to up to £200. The Burner Boy tickets at the Grammy Award winning Burner Boy tickets at the O2. Think about it. Think about it. We spoke <laughs> about cultural appropriation with the trademarking of Eurobar. Eurobar is not and never will be for sale. And we also spoke about integrity within the industry. The Palm Wine Festival 2.0 or a miss guys let us know what you're attending let us know your thoughts make sure you also like share comment and subscribe and depending on where you have listened to this episode the visuals are out on youtube throw beats podcast and then the visuals are also out on all our social platforms for streaming so that's spotify your itunes everything just everything just google throw beats podcast and yeah make sure you also follow us on our instagram pages you can find me at cindy temi i'm on our way underscore Gracie May and that's it we'll see you next week